Hi, everyone, and welcome to the State of State Schools podcast. I'm your host, John Stamper, Christian author, former homeschooler, and former public school teacher. Once a week, I'll give a quick recap of the most important headlines in education and pull back the curtain on what's really happening in our kids' schools. If you're a teacher, parent, or homeschool family, this podcast is for you. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode number 32, coming from the week of July 24th. This episode, I'll be talking about parent permission policies. I'll give you some updates from Chino Valley and the Temecula Valley Schools out in California. Talking about the trans ideology in youth summer camps, schools for queer children, and PragerU is in K-12 schools. Before we get into all that, I'd want to welcome any new listeners and just kind of give you a quick rundown of what I do here on this podcast. Uh, my goal is to take the headlines from the week, condense them down, um, hit the major highlights, and kind of keep things real quick, sum it all up for all you parents and teachers out there so that you don't have to spend all day listening to a podcast, 15, 20 minutes, that's it. You can do it while you're driving around, taking your lunch break, cooking, cleaning, uh, doing what you do. I'm a former teacher. I uh, just released a new book this year called Conflicted pulling back the curtain on public education. I'm a former homeschooler myself, and I create homeschool curriculum through Masterbooks. Well, that's me, welcome. Let's get into story number one. In Virginia, the state's education department finalized the new rule that requires schools to get parent permission before they can use a different name with a child who says they're trans. The rule also requires students to use facilities and join teams based on their biological sex. So while requiring parent permission is appropriate and definitely the right thing to do in every situation, it's ridiculous that's, that there has to be a state policy about this issue in the first place. You know, it's really just a return to normalcy and common sense. The fact is there are still going to be tons of little kids who are suffering from gender confusion and now if their parents give permission, they're gonna have that confusion reinforced by every adult in their life. So I think the rule stops short of where it needs to be because it's wrong for parents to lie to their children about what sex they are. Lying is still lying. You know, if parents tell their little girl that they're really a boy or a little boy that they're really a girl, those parents are committing psychological and emotional abuse against that child. So what if the child believes they can fly and they want to jump off the roof? Is it a good thing for the parents to encourage that? Of course not. Those parents would most likely be charged with at least negligence. And if parents go so far as to use drugs or surgeries to try and change their child's gender, not only will that cause further psychological and emotional damage, but that's also physical abuse. It's causing actual physical damage. Now, I've discussed the origin of the word gender in a previous episode, but biological sex and gender are linked. They're inseparable. Gender norms are just that. They're norms. Norms meaning normal, or the most common thing among a group. And norms can change as time goes on, but that doesn't change biological sex. So my point is, while on one hand it's great that Virginia is requiring parental permission, but on the other hand, it's bad because it only further cements and legitimizes this transgender craze. It's actually empowering parents 
to lie to their children, and then it allows those parents to give permission for the entire school district to also lie to that child, legally. You know, that's not compassionate, that's not loving or truthful. It's destructive. Headline number two, here are a few updates on a couple California school boards that I talked about last week. The Chino Valley Unified School District, their school board, voted four to one to pass a parental rights policy. The policy requires school staff to notify parents within three days if their child requests to change their gender in school, similar to the previous story I talked about. So this is good, it's a step in the right direction, but it's not over. There's still a huge problem. There is a big difference between permission and notification. This policy does not require permission it simply notifies parents that, hey, we're treating your daughter like they're a boy now, just so you know. We're not asking your permission to do this. We're just notifying you that we're doing this. So while it is a small step in the right direction, it doesn't end the controversy. It doesn't stop schools from lying to or grooming children. So the day after this school board vote on parental rights policies, the school board received an anonymous phone call threatening to dismember and kill the school board chief, her family, and her pets. So anyone who goes against the woke mob, you might get death threats. Speaking of threats, in Temecula Valley, the school board previously rejected a new social studies curriculum, largely due to its lack of patriotism, as well as its promotion of Harvey Milk, the gay rights activist, who was known to have sexual relations with boys as young as 16 years old. Well, it turns out that Governor Gavin Newsom threatened to fine the school district $1.5 million if they failed to adopt the state-approved curriculum. Adopt our curriculum or else. Now, unfortunately, the school district caved in and went ahead and adopted the new curriculum. So I guess protecting kids is only worth it up to a certain dollar amount. But to be fair, I do understand that this school probably doesn't have money to pay these fines. And that's probably why the governor is making those threats. That's just the nature of the broken, and I hate to use the word, but toxic education system. So California's government is ramming this woke LGBTQ curriculum into their schools. And if schools don't wanna comply, they'll face a massive fine, a fine that no public school can afford. And where would schools come up with that money anyway for a multi-million dollar fine? Well, that would be from the taxpayers. It always falls on the taxpayers. You have here a state governor whose salary is paid by the taxpayer, and he's threatening to fine a public school whose bills are paid for by the taxpayer, they're being threatened to pay a fine for not teaching LGBTQ curriculum, a fine that would be paid by the taxpayer. So in California, you're paying a governor to threaten you and to threaten your local schools, all in order to pay the state more money. This feels like a shakedown, you know, from some mobster movie or something. Taxpayers lose at every turn. You pay the governor, you pay the school, you pay the fine. So do you see the problem with government controlling education? because this is a prime example of what we need to get away from. You know, we can start by homeschooling. And then 
once you're homeschooling, don't use the school choice funds because there will always be strings attached. And finally, just dismantle the Department of Education. That's a decent solution. Story number three, a youth summer camp in Colorado has adopted woke gender policies for its youth campers, the staff and parent chaperones. There are three main parts of the policy that I wanna highlight, and you can find all of these policies under the camp website's frequently asked questions. First of all, this camp is called Colvig, C-O-L-V-I-G, Colvig Silver Camp, and it's in Durango, Colorado. Traditionally, at these overnight camps, and I've attended them as a teacher, there are separate cabins for boys and separate cabins for girls. The boys' cabins usually have a couple fathers in there to supervise, and the girls' cabins usually have a few mothers, etc. Well, this summer camp is allowing children and adults to sleep in the cabin that aligns with their gender identity and not their biological sex. So what does this mean? This means that a grown man can sleep in the same cabin as little girls and grown women can sleep in the same cabin as little boys. Second, the camp will be using secrecy policies like I talk about so often in public schools. Secrecy policies mean that parents of campers will not be notified if a trans adult, quote unquote trans adult, is sleeping in the same cabin as their child. Parents won't know about that because of secrecy policies. And finally, if there happens to be any campers who want to quote unquote transition genders while at camp, maybe they want to use a new name or a preferred pronoun, camp staff will one, they will encourage the child to transition genders and they'll use the new name and they'll use the new preferred pronoun, also known as lying to the child. And two, camp staff will not be notifying the child's parents about any of this. Now they might tell the child, hey, you should tell your parents, but camp staff will not be telling the parents. So similar camp policies can be found in other summer camps around the country. And it's definitely something parents will wanna know about and or avoid altogether. Story number four, in Phoenix, Arizona, a new school is opening this summer specifically for queer children. The school is called the Queer Blended Learning Center and was created by an LGBTQ activist group called 1N10. Now, I've talked about this group before, but their mission is to support gay, trans, and queer individuals ages 11 to 24. Again, that's children as young as fifth grade, 11 years old, all the way to college grads who have a few years of experience in the workforce. They're all in the same group, talking about their sexual preferences, who they like to have sex with, totally normal stuff, right? Strange 24-year-old adults talking to 11-year-olds about sexual attraction. Yeah, that's not grooming at all. And side note, this is all funded by school vouchers, AKA tax dollars. So if you're a resident, you're paying for it whether you want to or not. This is another problem with the school choice voucher education savings account movement. You know, it'll always come with government oversight and the money comes from taxpayers. It's not privately funded. So these quote unquote queer schools for children are becoming a new trend as there are similar schools opening in Atlanta and Las Vegas. 
And finally, story number five, some positive news. PragerU content can now be used in Florida's K-12 schools. Hopefully this trend uh, will continue across the country. And this is good because PragerU content is an alternative to these sexually inappropriate, radical ideologies that have become commonplace in schools. PragerU is a media outlet, which I'm a huge fan of, by the way, that prides itself on common sense, wholesome, and pro-America content, such as financial literacy and civics. So if you're not familiar with PragerU, I would recommend you check them out, particularly their five-minute videos. And if you have children, check out the PragerU Kids programming. Well, that's all I have for you this week. That's the State of State Schools. See you next time.